You may know him from sitcoms like Superstore. Rats gave birth to nacho cheese, cooked themselves to death. Thank you. Or Justin Timberlake's Can't Fight the Feeling video. We have today actor and comedian Dennis Hurley on our show. Dennis, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. It's great to be back. It's been about five years. I'm so glad to be back on your uh, your podcast. Yeah, you know, and, and since then we've launched the new podcast, Situation Positive, and yes. um, we're excited that you could join us on this journey. I Excellent. know you're here today to talk about a, a conference you're attending. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Um, this would be my fourth conference with NOAA. NOAA is the National Organization for Albinism and Hypopigmentation. They're a non-for-profit charity. Um, and their goal is to spread awareness and help people with this specific condition of albinism gain information and also fellowship within the community. I think community is important. Uh, that sense of fellowship, that sense of knowing that you're not going through it alone. Absolutely. So important. Um, you know, not to get back to Justin Timberlake, but is Noah going to make you dress like a happy <laughs> grocery store guy and dance? I, 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 I think they need to do something different because the last conference was after we spoke last. It was 2018 and it was in Kansas City, Kansas. And yeah, Matt, you, you've probably seen the video of me dancing with the kids on stage at the hotel in, in Kansas. Um, but, you know, it's 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 been a while since maybe they'll have me do it again. But I think they'll they'll they might try to one up it. I don't know. We'll see. So so where is uh, the gathering this year? The gathering um, kind of ironically is in Orlando, Florida, um, you know, uh, <laughs> because bunch of people with very pale skin it's you don't think of florida being the place to go but but you know disney world is there and uh kid kids love disney so um yeah it's gonna be mid-july at, at a hotel in in orlando and i'm looking forward to it um and are, yeah. are we doing any special performances this year at the conference oh that's that's interesting because as you mentioned the last conference in 2018 um the 2020 conference was obviously online because of COVID, but 2018, I, I ran a workshop for kids doing improv. Um, I don't really teach that much, but I, I was happy to teach the, the kids some just basic, uh, you know, improv games back then. And as you said, I did the, the Timberlake video at the beginning to open the conference or we, we re-danced to it. This year, it's going to be a little different. Um, there's still going to be lots of fun activities for kids, but they wanted to expand it for like, you know, adults with, with albinism too. So we're, we're actually doing a comedy night and they hired a local improv team and I'm going to open the show by doing about 10, 15 minutes of standup. So, Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I'm excited because yeah. I'm a little rusty because of COVID. I haven't been able to go out and do stand up like in Boston or, or 
back in the day in, in Los Angeles. So, but I'm sure I'll, uh, I'll groove right back into it. I was just going to ask that. Um, are you back on the uh, stand-up circuit yet? No, no. Um, the last time I did stand-up was December 2019. Um, but I did, you know, uh, I did do a sketch, like some scenes uh, last week in uh, Roslindale, Massachusetts. Okay. And it was great. I mean, I, as I said, I felt a little rusty, but it was great to be back. It's just the thrill to be in front of people and, you know, try to make them laugh and yeah, definitely fun. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're going to, we're going to post links to uh, Dennis's pages. So, uh, you know, when, when he gets back out there on tour, do yourselves a favor and, and go and see him. He's hilarious. Uh, it's an evening well spent. Trust me. Um, so talking a little bit about albinism, right? We got into the conference. We talked a little bit about Noah. Mm -hmm. um, is it so it, it's pretty inclusive, right? It's for kids, adults, uh, anybody with albinism is welcome there, correct? Yes. It, I remember it started in 1982 and I went to my first kind of mini gathering um, with this family from New Hampshire. And the best thing about it is that for kids, and I'm, I'm looking forward, you know, they're, they're probably going to be a bunch of new kids this year. It, back in high school in South Shore, Mass., you know, I was, I got very used to being, even though yeah, I had two brothers or two brothers with albinism, but they were farther apart and we never went to high school together. I was very used to being the only one mm. who looked like this, who had very pale skin and um, and very pale hair and and the vision problem. That's the other aspect of albinism that's predominant is that we're most of us have some kind of vision problem, whether it's astigmatism or um, a various degree of legally blind. What it is, most kids in this country or or all over the world, they're used to being the only one that looks like that in their school. Wow. So what the conference does is it gives them this perspective and they meet new friends who's like, wow, someone's going through a similar experience like me, someone who looks like me. And they, they almost gain a new pen pal because wow. some, some kid from, you know, Sacramento, California could meet um, a kid from new England. And it's just, that's the best part to me to see like the, the friendships that blossom. Um, and even I, I've seen <laughs> it, it, even romance can, can blossom. I've seen a, a, a last at the K Kansas conference, I saw two 20 somethings who said, yeah, we met at the last conference and we started dating and we got married. So yeah, who knows what, what a great happen. story. I know. Thinking a little bit about high school, um, did you feel included in activities or do you feel like because uh, you have albinism that it was, it was tougher for you socially? I, the, the, the biggest hurdle was um, sports S sports. I, I couldn't excel at due to the vision problem. Socially. I felt there were so many various degrees of different cliques and different pockets of people. And I, I tended to, as, as the years went on, gravitate towards um, the chorus, the, 
the drama club. And that's where I really found um, fellowship. And, um, and, and there was the normal degree of bullying because, you know, that person looks very different. But as the years went on, that got less and less. And I was able to find kind of my niche of who my friends were. Yeah. So you were drawn to acting from an early age then. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea why. Um, I just know growing up, I love to watch movies. That's, that was always my favorite thing to do was to go to the movies, to watch movies at home, to watch movies with you <laughs> all the time. Uh, we, Film we had movies. Pla- of course. Had, <laughs> and make movies. So we, I loved it so much that we, you know, we uh, just just jumped into making it with a, those giant VHS camcorders. Um, <laughs> so, but that's that's where it all began, I think. Yeah, we, we had our own version of the Goldbergs going on. <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> we had a mid 80s Goldbergs filmed, <laughs> filmed in the 80s. Right. <laughs> so fast forward a little bit, you get out to L.A. and you start trying out. And, you know, like you mentioned that throughout high school and uh, you kind of fit in with that chorus, the drama club, acting. Yep. When you got out to L.A. and started auditioning, did any of the albinism stuff kind of come back? Um, well, by then I was in my mid-30s and I was kind of much more comfortable in my own skin. Um, so because I, I had previously spent five years in New York doing, doing acting in my twenties, but this, this, this last five years in the, you know, 2015 to 2020 in LA, I, I just embraced like the fact that I look different was an asset. Mm. Um, you know, I think we, we, we touched on this last time, but like, I had accepted that there were roles I wasn't going to get like the, the, the leading man role that like Bradley Cooper gets uh, Brad Pitt, of course. So that's one end of the spectrum, but I was open to like all the different genres of auditions, whether it be for a comedy, for a drama, for a fantasy. And that's where I kind of have a leg up because uh, taking it back to us talking about that high school thing where I don't look like anybody else. Whereas early in high school or junior high or elementary school, that is a de- deterrent. And it's, it's like, Oh, I, I can be singled out by bullies. That's not a good thing. But in Hollywood, I look different. That means I, I kind of, you know, I, I, I have a, a leg up because, because there's no one else going out for, for roles like me in, in certain way. And, and when we talked last time, it was a little bit of, there were, what did we say, kind of villain roles that were available? What were the kind yep. of roles that, because, um, I mean, to me, you could be a leading man on anything. But, <laughs> Thank you. You know, I, I think uh, for, for the actual, you know, Hollywood, you said there were certain genres that worked better or maybe were easier to audition for. I can't quite remember. We, we touched on the fact that, it used to go into categories of like they were either like a mysterious creature, like like um, like in the Princess Bride or uh, End of Days or the Da Vinci Code, and then 
there were like, you know, me, myself and Irene, they, so they were like the butt of a joke. So it was like butt of a joke or the evil, creepy villain in the corner. And there are a lot of people in my community who are really want to see that change. And that kind of is how I felt. I felt like I wanted to be that change. So I don't know if you remember in 2006, I made a very ambitious move to spend pretty much all my money at the time uh, on a parody, a 12 minute parody of the Da Vinci code. So I essentially was doing like a Mel Brooks style send up of the Da Vinci code. And it got me on the news, which was pretty cool. But, but a higher purpose than that is what I liked is that I was showing them, Hey, we can also be the funny guy. We can be like the, the Mel Brooks, uh, uh, Zucker Brothers style goofiness and um, just to show them that that different side like hey we don't always have to play the villain or the the creepy uh, weird weird guy so that's what I liked about that well and I, I think one of those great messages that you bring to Noah is you can be anything you want yes definitely, definitely. and uh, can can you still get your parody movies online Yes, uh, it's on my Vimeo channel. Um, I have a Vimeo channel and a YouTube channel, and you just look up Dennis Hurley, and um, yeah, that's still there. It's uh, the Albino Code. That was that was a, a crazy ride to make. <laughs> yeah, I I remember that, and you yeah. know that was at the kind of birth of videos on the internet. So true. Yeah, you know, it's not like today where you can actually just go live. So <laughs> I know. I know I was right on the cusp. It was like right before YouTube blew up. I was like, I'm going to be the weird Al of parody videos or, or tra movie trailers. <laughs> As he was a musical inspiration to me, I was like, I, I want to do what he does, but like with, with movie trailers. So I've been trying to do that as well. Like a couple of years ago, I did uh, a, a Baywatch a parody trailer. Um, I also did uh, Star Trek Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> So, um, I remember yeah, I like some furniture ads as well. Oh yeah. I definitely, my, I roped my younger brother, who's not an actor into doing a parody of those, those horrible quality local TV, uh, mattress commercials. <laughs> oh, they're hilarious. And we're going to share, uh, all those yeah. uh, links to your channels on our blog. Thank you. Uh, as we're, as we're sort of kind of starting to wrap up here, um, how can people find out more information about NOAA? Great question. Yes. Their main website is simply albinism.org. And that gives you a link to their uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube channel. Um, and there's all kinds of great resources on that website. Like, cause as you could imagine, once uh, a mother gives birth to um, a person with a with a rare genetic condition. They're going to have so many questions, and that's a good thing about Facebook. Is I've seen on the NOAA forum asking like, "Oh, what kind of SPF do I need? Like, how long can they be in the sun? How can I get the vision resources from our local public school?" So that's the great part of their their online presence. And do you happen to know off the top of your head what the hmm. dates are for the conference? Yes, the NOAA conference is July 14th 
through 19th of 2022. And that's at Disney World. So not only do you get to go do stand-up comedy, but you get to go to Epcot Center. That's right. (laughs) I've, I've built in a few extra days. The last time I was at Disney World was 1989. So as as uh, we we discussed, I'm sure a lot has changed. <laughs> a lot has changed, but the classics at at Disney World stand up to the test of time. I can't wait. I I, re- I have vague memories and pictures of you and I at Space Mountain. <laughs> Maybe that was Disneyland, but I know I was with you at one of those Disney places. But yeah, I say the- it was Disneyland because we were probably out in Arizona, and right. I think we probably made a a trip over to L.A. But that was yeah. But I've definitely been to Disney World too, and I, I can remember um, Epcot and um, that Imagination song getting in my head. Oh yeah, I I'm excited to go back. <laughs> <laughs> it actually the the sing-alongs down there are fantastic. I mean, yes, if you, if you need an earworm, you'll have that's the small world after all mm-hmm. in your head all day. Yep, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned mums and you mentioned mm. a sense of community as yep. we're kind of getting towards the end here. Um, do you have any, any thoughts that you'd like to share um, with the albinism community? Yeah, I, I think th- this organization, I'm, I'm so glad it's grown um, because there, there's also a, awareness of of how it is in other countries and that is something there's a there's a kind of a sister um organization called one called positive exposure where he um is a, the guy who runs that is rick guidotti and he is so amazing in that he tries to think of ways to help get resources to to people with albinism in Africa where where sun protection is even more important but the resources to get it to them is is such a challenge um and bringing education resources awareness is something that NOAA tries to do and also that positive exposure tries to do there's also a Canadian organization a Canadian nonprofit called under the same sun which tries to bring awareness about um, what what albinism means. Uh, education, that's the main thing. What, what it means in different countries, because there are some places like Tanzania where heartbreakingly people think that uh, pe- people with albinism and their limbs have, have magical powers. So there've been you know, different violent things that happen to, oh, to no. people with albinism in, in Tanzania. So I'm glad I'm bringing this up because wow. a lot of people don't know about it. Um, and, you know, th- there's this, it's just a different culture over there. So, so, so there's, there's been violence associated with it to, to try to get like different uh, albinism parts to witch doctors. And it's just with these three organizations, I'm just so glad they exist because they can bring more awareness of, of how to live and, and protect yourself having that condition out there. And that's so sad to hear. I didn't yeah. even realize until this moment that that was uh, even going on in the world. Um, so thank you for sharing. And um, 
Absolutely. It's, it's also a huge perspective for me because um, even though I felt isolated and bullied growing up as a, as a grade schooler, it's just unimaginable what happens in other countries where, where the education and the resources aren't there. So um, we definitely try to bring that awareness through, through NOAA. And, and didn't you tell me that Africa has the largest albinism population? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's, I'm not sure if that statistic is still there, but it's, it's, they, they definitely by, by per capita mass, it, that's, that is, is a factor. So it makes education and resources even more important for people with albinism in Africa. Yes. And that sense of community that you were talking about earlier, I think, right that sense of community is so important. You know, I know me with MS, um, yeah. I was like you, I felt isolated. I felt alone. I, I felt different. I kind of felt cast off to a certain extent. Right. And then I got out there. I started talking. I started meeting people like me. And then I realized I wasn't that alone. Right. Fellowship and community. Like that's what Noah's doing, right? Fellowship and community. That's a huge part of it. It's so important for all kinds of conditions, not just like what we're saying with, with people with albinism, people with MS, there's just so many different conditions that can make someone feel isolated and, and um, bringing up this global kind of thing. It's, it, it would be such a great thing if, if Noah could somehow get the resources to get anyone who wants to, to come to the conference. You know, travel is so expensive, but it would be so wonderful because I have met people who I've, I've met very few uh, in Kansas. I met someone from Africa and it was just so, yeah, it was wonderful. It was so eye opening, just seeing what, what our different experiences were, what our different priorities in life were. Um, But yeah, the, the, the pipe dream, I I guess you could say would be to get that on a grand scale and um, get even more people from different countries to, to interact, um, and just learn, learn about what it's like to, to see someone else, how, how they dealt with it. And then, and the best thing is that usually these, these friendships blossom out of it, which is just so fantastic. Yeah. Hopefully we can, uh, make that dream a reality because that would be a really great world. Dennis, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, as always, we really appreciate having you on the show and, uh, we can't wait to see what's on the horizon for you. Yep. Uh, COVID definitely let me do some writing. So I'm, uh, who, who knows what I'll, I'll create next, but I've, I've, I definitely try to keep writing every day. Cause that's, that's where my passion is. So well, if we, we hope to see you you know, something back out there on the screen from you or, or read something you wrote, like, uh, we're going to be following your story. And, um, you know, anytime you have something new to share, make sure you come back and see us. Excellent. Absolute pleasure. Would love to come back again. Thank you, Matt. For Dennis Hurley, my name's Matt Cavallo. This has been Situation Positive. And remember, You can't change what happened, but you can turn your situation positive.